0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Frames for Thought podcast. I'm your actor Mark and with me always Alex Hey, we'd like to welcome you to this episode where we're going to talk about passion Uh, We're going to dive into is acting really something you want to do? Is animation really something you want to do? Let's give you an idea of maybe it is or it isn't Let us talk about passion. Alex, would you consider us passionate people?
1: I would consider us passionate people. Passionate about what we do. Passionate about our opinions.
0: Yeah, passionate about our hobbies. Passionate about everything, I would say. Let's jump into animation first, then. So as an animator, at what time did you sort of realize animation was a thing you're going to want to pursue?
1: Animation was something that I wanted to pursue when I was in high school. It was something that I thought would have been fun. Uh, we talked about it before, but it was hard to pursue from where we were. We didn't know how to pursue it at the time. So then my, my career path deviated away from that, but I never really lost the longing for it.
0: I guess what I mean is, what were the signs that sort of showed you that animation was a thing you wanted to do? Like what kind of stood out in your brain that kind of helped you realize that animation was the path for you?
1: Right. So no matter what I did, whether it was doing paramedicine or whether I was a high school teacher or even, you know, just putzing around in high school, college, I was always doing what I was supposed to be doing for the schoolwork or my job or whatever. But there was always the longing to come back to it. I always wanted to do my art, pursue it in some other way. I treated it as a hobby, something that I would do on the side. I, I'm going to use the word passionate because I, I was passionate about it. I filled notebooks with my writing and I, I had sketchbooks full of all my drawings before I was trained or had any technical training.
0: What makes it the difference between animation and just drawing and painting and such like that?
1: Sure. So the big thing about animation being a passion is if animation is something that you're considering, What do you really know about animation? Do you watch movies and cartoons and think that that's what animation is? Because that's the end result of what animation is. Animation is, there's video game animation, there's classical animation, traditional animation, stop motion, 3D, short film, serial, long form, feature, all kinds of stuff. And everybody's going to kind of have a different... Uh, path that they're going to want to pursue animation through but it it's more about understanding whether you just enjoy animation the thought of animation versus do you actually like to do this if you've never drawn the same thing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times or you've never done a character turnaround or you know if you if you draw a character have you tried drawing them in different poses with different facial expressions with 're back turned with different props what other hands do you, you know like there's character development that happens there but it's also about being able to draw that character doing anything at any time
0: when you're drawing a character design for example like you just an idea pops into your head for like a warrior princess when you're drawing her are you thinking about the movement she's going to be making in the future or just the pose that you're drawing right now
1: the way that you kind of want to tackle this is you kind of want to develop the character from the inside out you can get an idea in your head of what a warrior princess might look like but what background does this warrior princess come from who is she where is she from why is she a warrior why is she a princess who are her parents if she's a princess she stems from some royal line somewhere so she belongs to something she has a history and maybe that history dictates what kind of a warrior she is. You know, is she like bare knuckles? Does she use axes, bow and arrows? You know, what what makes her a warrior princess? And so you start to think about those things and you can try to incorporate them as best as you can into your design. Uh, one of the things you'll learn about character design, if you choose to pursue this for concept art or animation or whatever, is... Don't settle on one idea. Try 10, 20, 30. You know, you might do 20 or 30 drawings of this warrior princess or this character design, and you'll you'll want to animate it or whatever, and maybe the first one you did was the best one. But you only know that because you tried all the other ones.
0: See, I find that interesting that you're you're looking more of it from, like, the character story, the development of the character, not just so much, like, a superficial let's put a giant sword in her hands because it looks cool. There's actually like a reasoning behind every sort of detail or thought you're putting into it. Is it. That, that's what I'm hearing, right?
1: Well, those are the characters that are, that are going to resonate more with people are the ones that are more believable or the ones that are more rooted, grounded in their own history. So take Joan of Arc, right, and all of the paintings that you see of Joan of Arc where she's a woman, short hair armor sword horse She's not a princess or anything like that but she still has that warrior persona but that that's like from her history right like she was brought up with the the idea that she was a chosen like she she spoke for god or she represented god or something like that and so that she she portrays herself in that way as like this emblematic warrior uh and so She's rooted in, in into that history.
0: Let's, let's picture this scenario, right? Let's say I'm a 15-year-old kid still in high school, and I think that animation is the thing I want to do because I watch a lot of cartoons. I like my animes. What can I do at that age to kind of figure out if this is my passion? Is there like a direct take this class, go to this seminar? Uh, what is it that I should be doing to kind of figure out if this is what I really want to do?
1: When you're in high school, this is definitely something that's going to cross a lot of people's minds, especially these days with how accessible the animation software is. One of the things that I would ask right out the gate is, what work have you done? Like, what have you tried? Have you tried animating? Have you tried animating in Flash or Toon Boom or TV Paint or Maya or Blender or any of the programs? Have you tried it? And if not, then you probably should, because you're going to figure out pretty quick if it's something that you want to pursue, because it's more than just making short films or internet cartoons, YouTube epics, or pitching ideas to big companies and becoming an instant millionaire. You know, there's, there's a lot more work that goes into it than that.
0: Are these programs something that a teenager who doesn't have money is able to get without like a big investment?
1: Some of them are. A lot of them are based on a subscription model these days. Some subscriptions are more expensive than others, but Blender, for example, has a grease pencil tool that's built right into it. You can do 2D and 3D animation in Blender, and it's free.
0: Great. So Blender would be the one to go to if I was a high school kid looking to figure out if this is what I want to do.
1: The the thing about using something like Blender is open source software. It's constantly changing. It's one of those things that if you're going to take the time to learn it, you're going to be able to go really far with it. But if you're only going to use it as like, I want to test the waters, it might not be the best thing for you because the interface is really advanced, I would say. There's lots of documentation and tutorials on the internet about Blender or any animation software. But if you're just starting, you're going to want something really simple. Even Photoshop has a timeline uh, workspace now where you can animate in Photoshop and the interface is familiar and it's simple sketchbook is also free autodesk has a sketchbook program it's free and you can do like very rudimentary animation on there as well but if you're if it's your first time i'd recommend and you're not sure like if you want to do 2d or 3d or whatever and you just want to try animating something uh, flash has a 30-day free trial or 7-day free trial and Tune Boom, I think, is the same. You can try it for free for a week and kind of get your feel for it before you decide whether or not you want to commit to it. But if you're a 15 year old in high school and you think, yeah, this is something I want to do, then you, the best thing for you to do is to do it, to try it, to see if it's something that you actually want to pursue.
0: Yeah, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to break apart like what someone who isn't in like our position where they kind of have the money to go out and do these things to kind of figure it out for themselves because I I feel from my perspective it's easier for someone to figure out if they want to be an actor uh, when they're in high school just because you have like high school plays and stuff to do whereas with animation it's not so widely available
1: but is it the same from the acting side where it's if you want to pursue acting is it as simple as just doing the high school play that comes around every year or is there is there more that you can be doing?
0: My comparison is more from how accessible it is, just because you do have that access to a theater more than you do, in my opinion. Just, but again, I'm completely ignorant to this because I I don't know the field. But you have more access to a theater than I would imagine you would to Toon Boom, and so that's that's all I'm just trying to trying to break down like the best ways for someone who's not sure who wants to dip their toe in to try to figure it out.
1: Sure. But would it also not be worthwhile if you're thinking about pursuing acting that you try to in some way get involved in the scene, whether that's volunteering at the community level, auditioning for your community theater programs, or if you live in a city where film is like quite active is there an opportunity for you to job shadow or is there an opportunity for you to get on set somehow help out be like the coffee guy that kind of thing you know like
0: yeah yeah sure sure I I, I can I can dive into that then so for me where I'm coming from uh, I can't like as we mentioned before it was a smaller town that didn't really have a big community to it mainly just a community theater and then the high schools where it's essentially all the theater you would kind of get so just to touch on a few things that you said here, can you shadow like different theaters and places yes you can if if you're living in a bigger city that has multiple theaters you can volunteer to go in and work front of house and maybe some back of house and that gives you kind of a sense and i, and I think if you want to be an actor and not just a front of house person i still think that's very valuable because you get to see it in its element from a perspective that isn't directly involved inside of it which i think is very val- valuable As I said, I think I've mentioned this before, but I used to do uh, pantomimes here in the city. And one of the reasons why I liked to do them is that they were community theater shows. And the cast would mainly be made up of people who were not quote unquote professional actors. I was one of the people they brought in with training in the professional field. And part of my job, which is not really like it wasn't really said this was part of my job. I just sort of noticed it. And I sort of got the uh, impression from the artistic director and the director that this is what I should be doing. But I would kind of help teach the kids who were thinking about being actors, this is what a professional actor does. Like I show up, I do my warm-ups, I listen to the director, I can still have fun, I can still be goofy, but there's a time to turn it off and this is when you turn it off. And you could kind of catch the kids kind of picking up on that as it's going. So if you have the opportunity... As someone who's younger to try to figure out if this is what you want to do, definitely you can reach out to your community theater aspect, to your fringe aspects. There's going to be places for you. When it comes to film, you're limited in that sense because with film, it's more of a profession professional gig. And so they're looking for professionals to work it. Now, that just doesn't mean you can't get on set. But if you want to go in there and be an actor right away, that means you need an agent. An agent's going to get you auditions and you have to book from the auditions. That's a whole nother process that I don't want to get into too much that I wouldn't want to start in that position. If I was a young person, because your talent level isn't going to be as high as the other people you you're possibly going up against. Because, you know, even though they're casting something like Riverdale, where everyone's supposed to be 16, they're actually all like 25. There's kind of this disconnect and they have this experience on you that you just simply don't have. But There's other ways you can get on set. The biggest one being background performances. If you can find a background agent, and so you get to be on set, you get to see what the professionals do, you get to see what the director does, you get to see what the lighter does. I think it's a very worthwhile experience. When I first moved out here to Vancouver, I had no experience in front of the camera. But one summer, I just worked as a background actor. And it was great. I got to see how the whole system worked, so that when I got in there as an actor... It was easier for me to understand. It was easier for me to know where I was going and what I was doing and what I was supposed to be done and blah, blah, blah. It's very valuable. Does this help fill, like help you find that this is your passion? I would argue yes.
1: I think so too. I I think that it kind of begs at the heart of the question, which is if you are really passionate about this, what are you going to do to get there? If you're if you're an actor, you're in some way going to be involved in the acting in the community. You're not just always going to be an audience member, right? Because if you're just going to continue to be a casual observer, then your passion is not the acting portion of it. And it's the same with animation. If you want to be involved in animation, you're going to do the work. You're going to do the legwork because there is quite a bit of legwork. You know, you're are you going to attend seminars, life drawing? You know, there, there's lots that you can do out in your community or I, I suppose if you live in a smaller community, there might be a little bit of travel involved sometimes, but for life drawing, even online, there's something, there's programs like Quick Pose where you can just go to a website and the pose will stay on the screen for what, however long you set it to and and then you can practice your life drawing and stuff from there. But as with acting and with animation, if you want to get into this business, Because you're passionate about it, you need to make sure that you're putting in the groundwork, right? You need to understand what it actually is that you're trying to get into. Before we started recording, we were talking about the monotony of animation because it is a lot of times monotonous. When I was doing classical animation on pencil and paper, you're drawing the same character or the same group of characters hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times in this pose and that pose and doing this interacting with each other in that if you're not used to drawing a character over and over and over again then you might want to try it if you're going for a classical kind of approach and if you're going for i don't know more of a 3d or mixed or hybrid blend or whatever the point is to try it you know dip your toes in the water see if this is something that you actually want to do because you'll figure out pretty quick whether or not animation is just something that you thought you wanted to do or something that you like to watch or something that you like to do.
0: And there's something I just thought about as you were talking, because the problem I have is when I think about back uh, like in high school, I think about us in high school and how we didn't have the resources that people have today. So even if you're in a small town, I could imagine that if you take your sketchbook and you go out and you draw things, You could take photos of it and have other people online kind of like guide you and kind of assist you with it if there's nobody in your small town who can help you.
1: Yeah, sometimes that's the trickiest thing to get when you're just starting out is feedback. You have to kind of develop a community or put yourself into a community where people are going to look at your art and critique it. It'll help you to develop some thick skin because not all your work is going to be great. Not all my work is great that's going to be true for the rest of my life. There's going to be days when I do something that is spectacular and days when I do something that leaves a lot to be desired. But it's about getting that feedback and getting it early and often.
0: See, I'm going to disagree with you on one thing. Uh, you are an amazing artist and you're spectacular all the time. So, Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> but no, <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> one thing uh, I, want to, I want to touch back on with the acting is that, and, and you actually you mentioned this with animation as well. There's a lot of sub genres to acting as well and you might not enjoy all of the genres i know for me personally i don't like performing in musicals um doesn't mean i hate musicals as a whole i can still go see some musicals and still enjoy them but as a performer i am less inclined to go do musicals than anything else and that's just because i don't enjoy the dancing i don't enjoy the singing And in my opinion, a lot of musicals are not well-written stories. So I got nothing for me as an actor to grasp onto.
1: Disney would have something to say to you.
0: Disney is different. Like I said, there are some I really love. Like uh, Les Miserables, I think, is one of the greatest greatest things ever written and put on stage. And that's all music. (laughs) Um, So it, it can be done. I know it can be good. But for me in particular, I don't enjoy performing in them. I feel awkward in them. I feel... Uh, I feel like I'm not being real. I feel like it's all just fake and superficial, so I don't like doing it for myself. But I know other actors who love doing musicals who hate doing Shakespeare. So it's all different. It's all up to what you like. So if you can experience something for the first time, go do your first musical. Go do your first Shakespeare. Go do your first mammoth. Whatever it is, go and try it. Go figure out for yourself if this is something that you enjoy, because you might surprise yourself. Because I thought I would hate Shakespeare. Because I used to like used to read Shakespeare in English class. I hated it. I absolutely hid. I didn't understand how anyone could enjoy this. Then the moment you put it on its feet and you start to do it, that's when it clicked in for me. Because this is what it is. This is how you do it. This is why people like it. I get it now.
1: For animation as well, you know, when when you get that first animation done, even of the bouncing ball, and you're watching, it's like oh, yes, like you, you, the light bulb kind of starts to come on for you a little bit. And you go, oh, I think I get this. I'm getting the hang of this. This is awesome. Let's make it a little bit more complicated. Let's make it a jumping flower sack, a jumping frog even, but you'll figure out pretty quick whether or not it's something that you're, you're going to enjoy. And oftentimes the learning curve for both acting and animation is pretty steep. But once you kind of get the hang of it, and it's something that you really enjoy doing, then you're going to stick with it probably forever. There's one one
0: thing I want to touch on too with acting, because I don't know how this is for animation, but I know for acting in the acting world, a lot of people join it because they want to be rich and famous. And I'm going to tell you right now the harsh truth about it. There is a 99% chance you will not become rich and famous if you go in to be an actor. It's just the fact of it. Maybe you're that 1%. I'm not going to tell you. I don't know you. But there's a very good chance that you are not going to achieve this fame. You're not going to be the next Scarlett Johansson. There is a very good chance that that will not happen for you. I hope it does happen for you. I want it to happen for you. But I'm just being realistic here. If fame and riches is your goal, I personally feel that you're entering this field on the wrong foot. Your passion and your love to do it has to be first. I told this story before in the first episode. But I had a really bad summer and I stopped acting for a couple years. I was miserable. And that's how I knew that this is what I needed for myself. Do you know one guy who entered it wanting to be rich and famous? And his opinion completely changed and he's a much more grounded and reasonable person with what his acting is, what who he is as a performer. He creates pretty solid work now. It's a learning curve, but I'm just telling you right now, please do not enter this trying to be rich and famous. Most of you who do that will get a very, very bad wake-up call, and I don't want you to go through that. I want you to be happy and healthy.
1: I think if you're going into animation because you want to be rich and famous, then you don't know what animating is. <laughs> you know, we're, we're the people behind the camera. We're not in front of it. Like, with, with people who think they're going to go to animation school, they're going to go to CalArts, they're going to go to Sheridan, they're going to go to Vancouver Film School, they're going to go Capilano, wherever... And they're gonna be producing Disney quality animation as a student. I you know, I, I don't wanna crush your dreams because maybe you can pump out that kind of animation, but it's unlikely. You're just learning. By the time you're done, you have a solid foundation, solid understanding of all the principles of animation that are gonna carry you forwards in your career. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take a branch off here for a second and I'm gonna talk about how animation has changed over the course of 20 years and something that drives me nuts i remember when i was a student there were a lot of articles and newsletters and all sorts of stuff even still to this day uh, circulating on the internet and youtube videos and stuff but the idea is is 2d animation dead or is 3d on its way out will vr take over or even in you know a 3d space like with Blender constantly being updated and you know new tools being implemented. I saw this video show up in my feed the other day. I said, is Blender dead? It's just, it's infuriating, because no is the answer to all of that, right? 2D's not dead, 3D's not going anywhere. VR is right now a very niche market, but a very popular one. It's not going anywhere, right? It's pushing technology forwards. Augmented reality is super cool. Blender's not dead and dying. You know, if anything it's becoming more and more robust. And these things drive me nuts because they're it's a pandering, right? They're pandering to a crowd. They want you to click on it. It's not when you become an animator, usually if if it's because you're passionate about it, it's because you like it all, right? You you like animation, whether it's anime, you can see some of it is really well done and you like the really well done stuff or you like the chibi stuff, whatever animation that you enjoy that you're passionate about doesn't diminish the other animation styles or program software what whatever just because you like one thing doesn't mean another person is going to like the same thing but it also doesn't mean that because you think that this thing has a bigger fan base that another thing is on its way out right and a good example cuphead the video game that was done to look like an old UCP cartoon and it was a smash hit because of its animation style now I don't know how many people have played this game and then been like wow that was a great game let's go behind the scenes now because this was acetate animation this was hand-drawn animation that was then transferred onto acetate frames and then hand-painted and recorded digitized All of that, like the amount of work that went into the animation in that game is ludicrous. But does that mean that 3D games are suddenly dead because somebody produced a smash hit for 2D? No. And when GoldenEye came out, like when the Nintendo 64 came out and Super Mario 64 came out, a lot of people were like, whoa, is that the end of like the 2D platformer? Or is that the end of cartridge based games or this, that, the other thing, right? And look at today. Look at your Steam library, you know, your Epic Games, all of it, where you have all your indie titles, where you have like a $5,000 computer that plays $14 games. Like, it didn't go anywhere. All I'm kind of getting at with this is that people are passionate about their projects. If they're passionate about that 1930s style animation and they think that they're going to make, you know, they can make a video game that does something that's totally outside of the box with that. You know, that's a passion project.
0: Yeah, I totally hear what you're saying, and I I completely get it. And yes, uh, I would say the same thing goes with theater and film as well. You can tell the difference if people cared about it or if they didn't. This is why I enjoy a lot of really bad B-movies. Because a lot of the times when you're watching them, you can actually see the passion and you can see the fun that everyone's having making the movie. Um, I remember a long time ago, I bought this three-disc box set of these Scarecrow movies. And I think it was the second film, uh, they're at like a fraternity, and the Scarecrow attacks this fraternity. There's one performance that really stands out for me, because I can just tell that the entire time, this woman was having so much fun doing it. And she played your stereotypical blonde bimbo girlfriend of the guy that the main girl wants. You can see her playing it up the entire time, and it was so fun to watch this person have fun. And that's the kind of thing you need to bring into these kinds of projects because my passion is creating something that someone enjoys. And if I really enjoy the work I put across, I hope that they enjoy it too. And a lot of the times I feel what's keeping me alive in the game for the most part, I get into the room for the audition and I'm just so happy to be there and I'm so happy to show them this thing I created. And even if I don't book it or they see it and they're like, oh, that's not right at all. They keep calling me back because I show up and I care and I want them to be as entertained as I am and be as happy and passionate as I am about what I'm doing, and it's you can see it.
1: It you can you really can. I was doing portfolio reviews just the other night, and you can tell when a student is pouring their heart and soul into their work and when a student is just had enough. You know, like they they're at a point where they they've hit a wall and they're they've decided nah this isn't for me or their their heart just wasn't in it from the beginning right but the ones that do have their heart in it similar to you you know you keep getting called back for this these auditions because the casting directors can see yeah this guy like he loves this stuff like let's just keep feeding him feeding him feeding him feeding him the students who really take the time to polish their shots in the end or, you know, they tweak the pose in the animation to make it just so, you know, like they put that little bit of extra love into it and it shows, it really shows through, right? Even if it's student work and it's not at some kind of really high caliber studio level, you can still tell the ones that put maximum effort in because they love it versus the ones that are kind of just trying to pass off, you know, the, the bare minimum to, to get in, right, to get their foot in the door. And so it's oftentimes the ones that are going to put that extra little bit of love into it that are that are going to take that are going to going to catch the attention of the people that are looking at the portfolio. And what
0: I think too is if you're not putting your passion, your love, or your heart into what you're doing artistically, you become superficial. And it's really easy to see when someone is being superficial when they're not putting their all into it. It's it's not even like it's, it's less than half ass. It's like a quarter ass of the work, and you turn people off like that. That in my mind is what makes a poor performance when I'm watching a show or, or something on stage where you can see this actor who just doesn't care about the part that they got or the part that they're doing. And, or maybe the directing was bad. That's possible too. But you can really see when the passion isn't there. I want to tell a story because I know a friend who went into university to be a writer and her whole thing was that she loved fashion magazines She just wanted to write about shoes and dresses and makeup and hair. That's what she really was really passionate about. And that's what she wanted to write about. She got influenced by the other people in her class. They tried to shame her. I shouldn't say they tried because they succeeded. They shamed her into thinking that what she wanted to write about wasn't important enough. That didn't matter. That she should be writing more meaningful things. So when she got out of university, she took that writing and started writing about Uh, quote-unquote issues or whatever but because her passion wasn't really into it all of her writing came off very superficial and when she put it online she got made fun of for it because people could see right people saw how superficial it was
1: Uh, lacking substance she
0: wasn't putting on all the work because her original passion the whole reason why she wanted to write is because she wanted to write for Cosmo and I, and I personally, like, I don't read Cosmo. I actually think, like, fashion magazine stuff is bogus. But if that's what you want to do, if that's what you really care about, all the power in the world to you.
1: Go. Well, I mean, just, just think about the way that you started the story, right? The whole reason that she wanted to go into writing was because of this. And she made it there, like, that far because of fashion magazines, right? Like, she made it into a, a, an academic writing program because she had a passion about writing for fashion and it really should be shame on the classmates for for trying to to flip her into something that she's not because it mattered enough to her like she was passionate enough about that that it brought her that far she was ready to go and learn academic writing so that she could passionately write about shoes
0: yeah and i mean And that's what it's all about in the end. It's all about you and what you want to do and how you want to approach it. I would not Mm -hmm. tell somebody who loves musicals not to do musicals because I don't like musicals that, that is such a mean thing to do to somebody to tell them that their passion doesn't matter. So go do my passion. That doesn't make any sense in my mind. Um, When I was at studio, I was kind of infamous around the students because they force you to take a tap class in studio. Now, I'm not against people learning how to tap, but my whole argument was, we should be learning stage combat instead of tap dancing. And the whole reason why I brought this up is because the vast majority of us, once we graduate, once we move on from here, we're going to be put in situations where we need to know how to protect ourselves in stage combat as opposed to tap. It'd be a very small percentage of us who need to know tap, and
1: it's it's not the Dick Van Dyke well, exactly. show anymore. But I mean,
0: like there is still tap parts, and there is still like again like musicals. Well, they're like it doesn't call for a tap number, but they want to have a tap number. So if you know how to do it, that's great. I again, I will never diminish tap. If you want to tap, tap your heart out. I love you for it. My whole thing was, you should give us a choice between tap or stage combat, or you should give us tap and stage combat. Just because I know that people are going to need it. And I was verified because a bunch of people who were at school at the time when I was saying this, they told me after they graduated, yeah, like my first show out when I got out of here, I need to know how to choke somebody. I didn't know what to do. And it was, a, and they had to bring a guy in and this whole thing. And I was just like, yeah, like if they taught us just the bare basics of it. And I even said to one of the teachers, I was like, I'll come in and teach it for free. I just, these people need to know how to do this, but you know, whatever. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and a, a lot of this too, in, if you're current, like you're following the industry because you're passionate about it, let's say, you know, like if you're into animation, are you following the animation websites? Are you on Cartoon Brew? Are you on Frame by Frame? Are you following along? Because um, with the industry, it's it's moving, it's evolving, it's changing. Look at the kind of movies that are coming out now versus the kind of movies that were coming out 20 years ago and 20 years before that. The industry is still young right like it might be you know it's almost 100 animation as in, in in industries you know 100 years old probably or almost 100 years old but it's still young compared to other industries right like acting how long has acting been something that people have been doing right you know there's there's the greco-roman theaters uh with animation i'm not trying to discourage anybody from being an animator But you have to understand that lots of people have ideas. Lots of people have what they think are great ideas. So the big thing that I'm trying to get across is, have you tried to animate? Have you tried to act? And if you did, what did you learn? And then how did it go?
0: And I mean, you touched on this uh, earlier about criticism. If it's your first time doing a show and acting and you felt that maybe the director was directing you too much or whatever. And you felt bad about the performance you did. I would say, try again. I would say, try another show. If you can get into another show, give it a shot. Because when you're first starting out with acting, it's sort of hard to kind of get your footing right away without taking a class or anything like that. Like if you just jump into a community theater show, it might be a bit difficult for you to understand how this works, the subtlety of it. And Give yourself a couple shows to kind of figure out. You can figure it out after, like, I'd say three shows. You should be able to really kind of figure it out. Even if it's just you are done those three shows, you're like, yeah, I still think there's something a little bit more. Just go chase it and go figure it out. Um,
1: well, even think about how much re- rehearsal time goes into shows, right? Or films or or what have you, right? Like the rehearsal time is is a huge part of that. Probably the biggest part of that, I would argue, right? You, it's all the practice time that leads up to the big something finale. I want to
0: touch on while we're still here. A lot of people consider things like acting and like animation, maybe not so much animation, but drawing and art. They see it a lot as just like hobbies, as it's just something you do when you're not doing your normal person job or like the job you should be doing. What would you say to an animator who sort of needs, sort of needs to hear that it can be more than a hobby? Like, how would you kind of? Boost them look,
1: up. <laughs> look, look! No further than like influencers, influencers on TikTok or Instagram or YouTube. People who start a YouTube channel and have a million subscribers, you know, like that's that's a feasible job so, for those, some people. Animators who do that? Some maybe, oh. but I I I'm not on social media very much. But if people are are coming to you and saying that oh, you know, animation isn't, it's not that great of a career. Those are the people that don't understand it, right? They haven't done the research or looked into it. You have to ask those people. Do you like movies? Do you like shows? Do you like Rick and Morty? You know, like, did you like Into the Spider-Verse? And there's even a new one that came out recently. It's called The Mitchells Versus I, the I've Machines. I've heard good things about that. It's it's incredible. It's relentless. And you can tell that it's a passion project. You can absolutely tell that it's a passion project. It is high octane. I use the word relentless and I mean it. The humor is relentless and the action is relentless. This film is non-stop. The people that worked on this film are, I would argue, of like the highest caliber. right? And it's because that they're passionate about doing something. So this kind of comes into a point that I want to make, whereas if you want to do animation have you given any thought to what kind of animation that you want to do is it for video games is it for television feature film super feature because i guarantee you you're not ready for super feature that's things like pixar or working for the for the big companies right like disney and sony you know you're coming out of school you're not ready you know, they those these companies offer internships for professional animators before the animators are allowed to get in. Right. They're, they're not just picking random people up out of school or off the street to, to jump into these things. So when you're considering coming into animation, we, we've said it a ton this evening already. It's just what have you done? Animation is monotonous. It is repetitive. That's what it is. It's repetitive on purpose. It's exaggerated motions, intentional embellishment. Do you know how much work goes into those quote-unquote awesome shots that you see? You know, those super high-action sequences of of shots. How much work goes into it from the animation side or the visual effects side? Or versus the dialogue, how hard it is to match up the lip-sync just so, so that it reads properly especially now with the, the world of deep fakes and animation. One of the things that you need to be conscious of is animation is not always fun, in the same way that acting probably isn't always fun either. Like I think about Game of Thrones when they had to do the four weeks of night shoots in the cold and in the rain. You know, that, that doesn't sound great. I mean, the end result, probably totally worth it, but there are going to be days when you're, you're getting up to go to set and you're miserable. You're not happy. And there are days when I would go to work in studio and working on a certain show or Lego or The Deep or whatever, and I would have the same set of shots that kept coming back for revisions because it wasn't just right or wasn't quite so. And it wasn't fun. It's not fun all the time. You know, animation is a great career, but it's not always fun. There's a story
0: from uh, The Hobbit film where Ian McCullen broke down on set crying. Because the way they filmed it, they had all the dwarf actors in one room and they had him in a different room, all green screened with like little balls with uh, heads to represent all the different dwarfs. And they put um, uh, a receiver in his ear and a microphone so that he would say his lines, they could hear him and they said their lines, he could hear them. And he had a mental breakdown because that's not acting to him. He's sitting in a green room talking to a bunch of green balls. That's not, he likes that face-to-face communication. So it's definitely to...
1: Yeah, it's not why he became an actor, right? I think that's the quote. This yeah, is not like why he, I he became an actor. He broke down and just said like,
0: he wants to go home. He wants to stop and go home. He's a traditionally trained actor. He's a theater-trained actor and that's how we learn our craft. And I just say that to to, to go back to what you're saying about how difficult it can be. This is Sir Ian, Sir Ian McCullen having a breakdown. So it it doesn't stop. It's always going to come a come and hit you in the butt you got to be ready for that i know for me uh the hardest parts of being an actor is when it's the downtime between gigs between jobs it's been a long time since i have booked anything because of the global pandemic um the uncertainty right the entire game has changed for me and I need to find my groove with this new process because like what I guess uh, emotionally what has me so upset is that I had a, I had a gig booked, and then because of the pandemic, it got canceled and that, and now like the third credit I would have had and I would have been full union now is gone. It's just gone forever. <laughs> and so now I got to work on getting that one back. And the new format of doing it is completely against what I'm used to doing. Whereas they want you to film it from home, and send it to them and you send the one take and i i struggle with that because i'm better in the room i'm i'm better
1: you can't feed off exactly. of the energy and of like the people. it's not
0: real i'm nine times out of ten because of the way my situation is i'm talking to somebody who's doing facetime on my ipad and It's not the same as talking to somebody in the room. All my best auditions is me talking to somebody inside the room. So I know for me, that's what's been my struggle. And it makes me doubt myself and it makes me question everything I've done up to this point. But what keeps me in it, what keeps me grounded, what keeps me going is my passion for the art and my passion for the industry. That's what keeps me moving forward. And keeps me calm and keeps me focused. I know I'm gonna book again. I've proven I can book, I've proven I can do this. So now I'm just gonna let my passion and my heart and my art just take me to that next level that I need to get to. So if you ever find yourself when you're sitting there in your audition room and you're like, this is the 50th audition I have and I haven't booked anything, you will if you keep working at it if you care about it if it's your passion you will keep working at it and you will book it if you're sitting out in the woods with your 50th sketchbook full of drawings and you don't think you're ever going to make it you will if you keep up your passion and you keep working towards it
1: absolutely i i think that that's very true regardless of what industry you decide to pursue right if you're passionate enough about it to pursue it and to continue to pursue it And it's going to pay dividends in animation right now. uh, What I'm doing is a a lot of motion capture. So I have a motion capture suit at home, and I have to record certain things for the game that we're making at the company. And then once I have all of that data, I have to bring it into Maya and I have to clean it up, right? So here, that's the monotonous part, right? I have 50,000 frames of whatever to clean up of you know, the enemy bad guy doing this or the good guy doing that or whatever. You know, it's very monotonous when you're cleaning up uh, motion capture data because it's not hand-keyed animation, right? So stylistically, there's a difference, but you're taking all the data, you're scrubbing through the keys, you're keeping the key poses that you want and you're discarding the rest and then you retime it, reweight it and then you, you break it up so that you can put it into the game. Right? And you, you're doing that for every motion. right? So it, it feels a lot less like storytelling and a lot more like just here it is, here it is, here it is, here it is. It's incredibly monotonous and a lot of days it's disheartening and sometimes it's not so fun. But what keeps me going, similar to you, is that I know that at the end of all of this cleanup, at the end of all of this work, that there's a payoff. Right. You get to watch that story come to life in the form of a video game. Right. And all of the animations that help to tell that story are the ones that I helped create. Uh, This plays into the idea. It's like, did you know that if if you're 15 years old and you're thinking about doing video game animation, is that something that you knew that companies would put like professional actors into a motion capture suit and. They'll get them to act out this choreographed scene. Then animators will take all that data and clean it up to make it look cinematic. That's that's kind of what we're doing right now uh, with video games. And that's not true for all video games, obviously. It's the same. It's not the same with all movies either. It's that passion that keeps us coming back to it. You know, we don't give up on it because it gets hard. We don't give up on it because it's boring. We don't give up on it because we're having a bad week, a bad month. We always coming back to it because this is what we like to do, what we love to do.
0: Yeah, it's it's funny you say that because um, just like this week, I'm I'm trying to think of things that I can do creatively that help me get my name out there more to kind of help me market myself more so I can get more auditions and like a, quote unquote bigger parts. And one of the things I thought about was like, oh, I have all these these things that I could do like um, a stop motion, like uh thing i can put together stop motion shows and like put them on uh, youtube or whatever uh and the more i looked into how i could do this the more i was just like no (laughs) like like i love i love stop motion i love i love how it's all put together i love doing it but my passion isn't there to actually sit there and be like the puppeteer for this it's just not not in the cards for me even though i love it just Mm -hmm. no no nope, no nope, no passion i don't have the, the the if i did have the passion for it i would definitely put in the time effort money and all that crap to make it happen but i i obviously don't cuz i just don't want to <laughs> it's too much work
1: <laughs> yeah fair enough fair enough but i'm i'm going to throw out some final thoughts here uh, i'm i'm going to go ahead and say that if you're curious about animation that you should take every step that you possibly can to try it you should download a free trial of any animation software that fits what you think you want to do and give it a go watch some tutorials on youtube or wherever and kind of get a sense for it you know try it out you don't need to have the best equipment to do it you know you you can just use your mouse to draw a bouncing ball if you need to just try it And if it's something that you want to pursue, then you can start thinking about getting different tools and all sort of that sort of thing. Okay, so if there's this, if you're 16, 18, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, and you're thinking about animation, think about why animation? What now about animation? Is it because you want to tell stories? You know, do you like to draw characters? Do you have a sketchbook? Do you draw occasionally? right you're gonna to want to ramp your skills up so if you have a sketchbook try to fill it if you have animation software use it if you want to tell a story tell a story just start doing it don't don't suffer from analysis paralysis get out there and start doing it if you want to animate something try it there's lots and lots and lots of software out there for you to try tons of tutorials for you to watch And no real reason for you to not give it a go. And if it's something that you're like, yes, I want to keep going with this, then by all means, do so. But understand that animation is a lot more than just being able to draw. It's a lot more than just being able to write or tell a good story. It's a lot more than being able to design a good character. Animation takes a little bit of everything and kind of rolls it all into one. I'm not talking about being a generalist, but I am saying that if you are going to animate a bird, you should probably understand how a bird moves. How do their wings flap? How do their legs move? Their knees are inverted. So that should tell you something about it already. How does an elephant run? Elephants can't jump. Think about that. When you're animating, there's lots that you have to take into account. Once you've tried these things, once you've tried animation or you've tried the software, you've made a bouncing ball, you've modeled a character, you've rigged it, you're ready to animate, you're ready to go, and you start doing the animation and you love it, awesome. Or if you've gone through all this work and you're still interested, then animation might be something for you to pursue, right?
0: I'm going to give you some acting final thoughts. Uh, The first thing I'm going to say is I'm going to give away the biggest secret about acting and I don't feel bad about doing it because Marlon Brando did this years and years and years ago but anyone can do it. Literally anyone can do it. The only things that are stopping someone from being able to do it is experience, schooling, and passion. Those are the three things you need to succeed. Oh, and then you know, I would also argue that you need to just stick to it. A lot of people stop before they make it to that next level. So you just have to keep on sticking to it. Keep learning. Keep growing. Keep chasing your passions. Whatever they are. You want to be a cook? Passionate about it. Want to be a writer? Be passionate about it. You want to be an actor? Be passionate about it. You want to be an animator? Be passionate about it. That is the key to success. Passion, passion, passion. Passion.
1: Mm-hmm. Just stick to it, you know, like don't don't give up when the going gets tough, mm-hmm. you get stronger. The other thing that I want to touch on just before we go real quick here is the industry is changing. Like I said before, if you're following the industry, it's always evolving. It's moving forward. It's branching out this way and that way. You have access to all of the tools from your own personal computer, laptop, phone, tablet, even with Procreate and the iPad Pro with the the pencil So if you have a passion for storytelling and it's something you really want to pursue, acting or animation, the best advice that we can give you, and we've been kind of touting it all evening just through different parable and story and metaphor, is to try it, to do it, get out there, throw yourself into it, find a way to get involved. Community theater, you know, work at the box office, take people's tickets, you know, become a well-rounded person in whatever industry it is that you're trying to be a part of. And there are lots of people who are fighting for that spot. So be humble, be grateful, because Chris Oatley, he used to work for Disney as a character concept artist. One of the things that I, one of the greatest lessons that I learned from him was a simple quote, and he said, it's not enough to be good at what you do, but you also have to be good to work with. And that's where I'll end it.
0: Awesome, yeah, I think that's a perfect place to end it. Well. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in for the Frames for Thought podcast and our discussion about passion. Again, this was Mark Manning, your resident actor.
1: And Alex, the animator. We
0: hope to see you guys again next week. Have a good one. Much love.
1: Take care. Bye.